Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. Well, if you've ever wanted to have a swimming lesson with an Olympian, or maybe even hit the court with a Grand Slam champion, our next guest can turn that into a reality. Their names are Rod Harris and Aaron Warburton, and they founded a business called Fan Plus, F-A-N Plus, a new platform that gives fans, and I want to underline this, fans, your average Australian punter, the ability to buy experiences with their favourite sporting heroes. I'm going to ask Rod and Aaron about how their business started as an idea over a few beers, but became a reality when they were accepted into the Qantas Accelerator program called Avro. I also want to know how their connections with sporting clubs and stars and from their previous careers have helped them sign up various personalities, which are sort of their inventory, and how they match the experiences that those personalities, what they call inventory on their platform, can be matched with the demand of Australian sporting fans. It's quite a unique concept. It's very, very interesting. And I love the fact that they've democratised what every Australian wants to do, and that is sit in the front seat, go into the dressing sheds, have lunch, get a photograph taken with someone they really, really admire. So let's get into it. Aaron and Rod, welcome to The Mentor. Thanks, Mark. Thanks Thanks for having us on. No worries. I'm still looking right at these... Big T-shirts in front of me here with fanplus.com, sports and entertainment experiences. One's bigger than the other. One of the T-shirts. Rod's the boss. Rod's the boss, <laughs> is he? All right. So you get, you get the big T-shirt. I do. You I get do. the big sign. I do. <laughs> so like Fan Plus, I mean, it's pretty timely. We've just um, experienced the grand final of the rugby league and the grand final of the AFL the week before and um, the rugby union's going on in uh, Japan at the moment. I, I presume it's still going on. Cricket's about to kick off. Um, there's a lot going on. Fan Plus Tell me what it's about. Yeah, so we um, we wanted to create a, a marketplace, a sporting entertainment marketplace for fans to connect with uh, clubs and, and individual athletes. And uh, and as you said, with all the grand finals being on lately, we've had a really great um, uptake in experiences that we've we've been sold with um, people wanting to buy experiences across NRL and AFL. How the fuck do you get to guys get to meet everybody? Because like Sam, big Sam from the cafe where I go and my coffee sometimes across the road from my office. District, yep. District, yeah. Um, he's talking about you. And someone else is telling me about you. Like, uh, I mean, you guys must just borrow into every social environment in Australia. I mean, how, how do you know all these dudes? Yeah, look, I think um, it, it's been um, both our backgrounds in, in working in sports and advertising and marketing. And you do, you obviously network with a lot of different people. Um, a prior role of mine, I was general manager at the Sydney Kings, so I was obviously exposed to quite a, 
um, good group of investors and, and high net worth connected um, business people. So that obviously helped me to connect with them and, uh, you know, and you obviously stay close to them and um, build relationships. So you, you talk about what you're doing um, throughout the course of um, those interactions. Mate, you've had Sydney Kings experience and clearly, you know, you've had some experience back in the Paramount days, right? But what skills did you get out of that that lend itself to running Fan Plus? We'll talk about Fan Plus a bit later, but what it actually does. But what are the skills that you got out of as a young bloke at Parramatta for a start? I mean, you guys were sponsoring Parramatta? Yep, the, Parramatta Eels. Both, yep, both we were. working at the same firm? Yeah, no, Aaron was working with the Parramatta Eels at the time. You were at Parramatta yeah. Eels? I started straight out of school with yeah. the Eels. Doing what? Uh, originally, it was a, an admin role into a membership role. Yeah, what? then what? Then what? I don't give a shit about that. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And then on. the fun stuff around the corporate space. So the, the correlation You mean corporate space means what, though? means- Signing bastards up to pay money. Exactly. Anyone okay. with, a, with a decent um, right, okay. budget to spend with a sporting so you, team. you go around hunting blokes with money who want to promote their business and you bring them on as a- I mean, it happens to us with the Roosters. You bring yeah. them on as a sponsor, yeah? Yeah, that's right. And, and between did the you two find of him? us- Yeah, I found him. And it was probably fate in the sense we, uh, by default, I think the business- um, had known each other in terms of the agency and the eels prior to us starting, but we sort of sparked it. And I, but what is I mean, like because I know how this works. You, you, you go along to the, the board. I mean, I do it. We sit there and we say to um, we look at the marketing budget. Mm. I mean, revenue coming into us, uh, you know, from people we we uh, sign up yeah. as sponsors. And we get at the beginning of the year, and at the end of the year, we review and we say, "Well, hang on, you said you're going to get a million dollars of sponsorship uh, all up, and we've mm. only got eight hundred and fifty thousand. So, when you present this to the board, did you have in your mind, Rod Harry's, the company that he's working for, is going to tip in how much? Do yeah. you say? Oh, at the time it was probably around the fifty k mark. Okay, so did you earmark him for fifty k? And why do you think you're going to get fifty k? I, I think I got more out of him than he than he wanted to spend. To be honest, is that but, right? Uh, yeah, 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 but it was, it was all value driven. He knew he was going to get it back in spades. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, that's what they all say. So, so you, you, you guys. What was the name of your firm, Ron? I was called David Brown Graphics. So they were an agency. Yeah, blow the line agencies. What's so, that mean? A blow the line agency. So they, so you've got your big agencies like your Sarchis out there, they, yeah. and we worked under those type of agencies. So we did a lot of the, um, yeah, the design work, um, graphics, yeah, graphics, um, print work. So, so they sort of subcontract part of their, yep. their job out. Mm-hmm, correct. And you guys, the name, of, I've already forgotten the name, but the, you guys actually um, sponsored the Paramount Reels. So this is the rugby league side, Paramount Reels, mm-hmm. right? And what did you get out of doing that? And what did you find out about rugby league sport generally that you reckon you've taken into Fan Plus today? Yeah, so that was probably a great, um, you know, ground for me to get into sports. So we, we were able Probably to, not a sporting guy? No, no. I mean, love sport, played it at, at, um, at school, but obviously wasn't exposed to any clubs or certainly any professional sporting codes. Um, and through that sponsorship, we were able to um, heavily network with other sponsors within the business, but also grow our business by um, showcasing the work we did for the Paramount Eels. So, we so did, like, if I, if I, you know, like, if I said to you today, I've got a new business, I wouldn't mind, I'm trying to get some exposure. Should I sponsor the Parramatta Reels? And what do I get out of it? Because the people get confronted with this all the time, you know, we've got player sponsors, etc. you know mm. what I mean? Um, so what's in it for me? In terms of, and you, you hit the nail on the head, if you're looking for exposure, a club like the Eels are going to put brands in front of eyeballs. It's as simple as that. How, how, how? They demand winning, losing, um, mid-table, people watch the Parramatta Reels, particularly on the but SCC But how does balls. my brand get exposed? Uh, a number of ways. You can start off at ground signage level. Yeah. Where Is that in, in the deal or yeah, that's It depends. If, if, if you've got uh, mid 
range budget, you're probably not going to get the big end of town in the sense of LED. 50 in my pocket. You, you might get some TV exposure. Anything less, you're going to be on. That's the, my point. That's the point, yeah. Aaron. So, like, what's really important to me here, if you're going to do a sponsorship, if you're not getting broadcast exposure, in other mm. words, you're not on the broadcast, that, that is, you're not on the Channel 9 game mm. on a Friday night or a Sunday afternoon or whatever, whenever it is, yeah. um, or the Fox game, um, for people watching the game on the TV set, if, you, if I, my eyes can't, my eyeballs can't see your brand somewhere in mm. the broadcast, then I really don't get anything out of it. The next layer is the people at the game might see my yeah. brand. Local area marketing more Somewhere, so. yeah. Um, and then obviously the players will know about the brand, but they don't take much, pay much attention to that sort of stuff. What about the network? Yeah, the network and then corporate hospitality is a big one. So you want to take out and you can take your, your clients. Out. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Or um, a big um, strategy that I used was actually um, potential clients. So we obviously tried to um, invite potential clients along to the game and we had a nice suite at the Eels. They always okay. had legends in there. So it was that nice way to connect with people on a Networking. non-confronting level that it's 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 fun. You're having a few drinks together. You're watching some sports. So it's, um yeah, a great way to network. So because I think it's really important for us to establish something here, like, uh, you know, because we've got a lot of people listening to this and they think, oh, I've got a brand, I've got a, I wouldn't mind doing some PR and marketing, maybe we should sponsor a player or sponsor a footy side or, you know, become a, a minor sponsor because, you know, a major sponsorship in these environments costs a lot. You know, you, you're talking, like, if you get on the jersey of a, a big rugby league side, it's going to cost you somewhere between half a million and a million mm-hmm. right? and that's it. And that's the only, really the only time you're going to get your name exposed on the broadcast, because I mean, I did it for, at the uh, State of Origin. I had Wizard across the front of the jersey, and even that that used to cost me a million bucks a year plus. Mm. Um, even that meant I still had to go and spend another million dollars advertising on television, yeah. so everyone knew what that Wizard meant. Yep. So, like, that's a general rule of thumb. Mm. Cost you a million dollars on the jersey, you got to be prepared to spend another million dollars above the line advertising. Yeah, you yeah, can't just act, leave yeah, it to, to its own accord. So let's. It. So well, I, I think our listeners, brands, they need to hear that. The real benefit, I think, is apart from advertising to the people at the ground, is that you get to experience these networking environments. That's not that great if you're a consumer-based brand. Like, like you know, like for me, Wizard, that didn't do much for me if I could host 10 people or 20 people into a room because they're, they're not my buyers. Mm. My, my buyers are mums and dads watching the game. So I needed to go to the million-dollar sponsorship. The $50,000 one probably wouldn't help me. But $50,000 one's important for people like in your business, in advertising, and explain how that works, how that networking is important. Yeah, I guess for, yeah, uh, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head around the brand, um, you know, how big the brand is or what you're trying to achieve it comes with the type of sponsorship that you will um, participate in. And, and for us as a, um, a medium-sized business um, that had under 50 employees, we were looking for that network around, um, you know, your lower level um, advertising opportunities. So we didn't need the big brand out there because nobody probably really cared or, you know, would take interest of who David Brown Graphics was. It was all about connecting with the network within the EO, so all the other sponsors, um, taking clients along to entertain, but also taking potential clients along. So if we could pick up, you know, five new accounts through that sponsorship, it was a fantastic win. Paid for, you yeah. know, five times over. Yeah, totally. So because, you know, you're you're selling bigger ticket items. I mean, I'm selling a loan and I might make a thousand bucks on it. Mm-hmm. So I've got to send, I've got to sell shitloads of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're, you're maybe picking up 
ten, twenty thousand dollars per deal. Mm-hmm. So you know you only need a certain amount of de- deals of the people in- involved around you to make it break even. So mm-hmm. for people listening to this, how do you assess whether is it Parramatta Reels I go for, is it the Gold Coast I go for, is it Sydney Roosters? I mean, how do you work out is the network valuable to me? How, how do you work that shit out? I mean, you sold it, yeah. Aaron. We, what we, did you sell to? I, I want to know say, what you got from it. We traditionally sit down and, and try and work backwards, as easy as that sounds. That's understanding, for example, Rod's business and, and where he needs to break even and what that looks like from small, medium, large enterprises. It could be one big account for a 50K investment. It could be 10, you know, smaller accounts. So understanding that and sort of shaking hands and, and saying, How did okay, you convince him that? The network was strong enough. So what do you mean by the network? I mean, like people say, oh, so, network, that's a word that gets so used all the time. The business Rob was in was a, a local Parramatta business that serviced Greater Sydney. Yep. Uh, the Eels were the largest sporting team in Western Sydney. The business network had close to 150 businesses of what maybe 80 of them would have been local. So what do you mean by that, though, is that the Eels themselves cultivated a yeah. business network? That's right. Like, they a, like, have, a, like a community, a market. They would have had... Close to eighty businesses spending between five thousand and probably ninety thousand on so on all kinds of corporate partnership right. packages. Right. So packages that would see them get to the games three times a year and be able to take four people each game, all the way through to a twenty-person private suite where they could schedule in for the whole season when the Eels played Manly, who we're going to take and 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 so forth. And then you, Aaron, just just could I just uh, understand something? So you would determine what the addressable market market is for Rod's business. Yeah. So you'd say, I, we've got 80 business sponsors or 80 business connections within our network at the Parramatta Reels. Yeah. These people actually fit within Rod's that's right. Rod yeah, say we like businesses we before. The, 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 I mean, did you tell him? Just say, look, this is yeah, a list of the sorts. Yeah, we'd go through them. We'd yeah. go through them. So from A to Z and we'd go and look at key areas around how many employees, therefore that would potentially lead to printing requirements, what type of industry they were in, printing large scale, medium scale, and, and that was then Rod's sort of call to say, well, okay, that's... And how did you make that call, Rod? I mean, how do you know that these are these are fair targets? I mean, I, I don't mean the bad way, like fair business targets, someone who you can help out. Yeah, look, a lot of the clubs, um, you know, across all sports publicise their sponsorships. Um, so you can obviously go on their website and see what sponsors or corporate partners are attached to it. So that obviously straight away to me gives me an indication to say, look, they're great opportunities to tap into those networks. And then the service we offered was most people were doing graphic design, they were doing printing, they were doing brochures. The eels in in themselves were doing a lot of collateral, team posters, autograph cards, etc. So we picked up that account as part of our deal. So the deal to close a deal, um, we said we want the eels account, um, right. and we'll sign up as a partner. So it was a, a reverse model that we straight away were able to um, capture revenue from the eels. Um, and we were obviously giving them a sponsorship fee for that service. And it's a good opportunity for you to showcase your service. So Mm -hmm. everyone's coming and saying, well, we do the eels work. Correct. And if you're backing yourself, you're doing a good job. So what's interesting about this is, um, for me, um, anyway, looking at it, is clearly you both understand how a marketplace works because that's effectively what you're creating, marketplace. You're buying into the marketplace and you're using the marketplace to leverage your services to another marketplace. So you you're playing marketplace games. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the skill that, because FanPlus is about marketplaces, isn't mm, it? Correct, yes. That's right. So you, you decide to go just a slightly different marketplace, create your own. Mm. It's obviously online and there's a. Whole, we'll talk about the content and the input of that in a minute. 
I guess what I'm trying to establish here, and you're a couple of young blokes, and uh, like you come in here, and I'm and I'm, so I can give you a clip and I just say, "Come on, what the fuck? Come on, what's going on?" And what's important? Why I'm doing that is it's really important because it's important for me in this show to explain to our audience how do they identify what the skills that they've acquired? Because a lot of people don't know the skills they've acquired, and how does that then translate into the possible another business for the future, which is what you guys have done. But I just needed to sort of drag it out of you a little bit and we need to articulate it to people because a lot of people don't realise out there that they are acquiring these major skills they could actually reapply into some other environment, doesn't have to be in the same environment they currently are, to build a business, which is exactly what you've done. Yep, that's right. Marketplaces today are a big business, especially when they're electronically driven. Mm. So is that a fair comment? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally agree. The, the, we're engaging at a level where it seemed normal at the time. You were buying, I was selling, but at the same time we're acquiring skills where if you look at Fan Plus as it is now, 90% of what's on there is replicated as to how we started. And can I ask you a question? Because everyone, oh, I've got a great idea. I'm going to fucking get into it, like, you know, 22. How long did it take you to get to this point? Not this point now, but the point of uh, starting up Fan Plus, like, was it five years? I mean, how, how many years of experience are we talking about? Yeah, look, probably for both of us, it's, um, you know, probably 10 years' experience working across multi- each. each, yeah, multiple yeah, mine sporting. Was, mine was 15 across mm-hmm. two clubs. So what, what what would your message be to all the youngins that now they're saying, I'm I'm working at so-and-so at the agency and I'm 22 and I want to go into business for myself because it's a great idea. Yeah. What would you say? On the back of our networks, that's what we built over those years, if you combine the, the – the 15 and the 12 odd years, we met a lot of people. Um, so you build up a big network. You build up a really big that network. That takes time. It does take time. And your skills. I mean, how yeah, you've got to put yourself out there. If you say no to those networking events and you sort of, I'm a bit tired they're a and what have you, you get there and you meet that one person that you makes a difference. You can't say they're a punish. They're a punish to pay you those Wednesday night ones too where you just yeah. really want to get oh, home man, or the gym t- or whatever. It's oh, uh, Totally. They're tough. Well, they fuck you next day up and yeah. uh, you, you think, oh, should I drink, should I not drink? But how you good is it when you leave and you're like, that was worth oh, it. Th- yeah, and you, oh, it's always worth it. Yeah. But you think, thank God I did it. But like it's that process of getting to do it and uh, yeah. you've got, you, that's a commitment. Yeah, it is. And, and are these people who are, you know, the young people and I, I, you know, I, I absolutely totally admire their enthusiasm, et cetera. But I think they've got to understand there's a lot in this. It takes a long time to curate your network. Yeah. Takes a, and a lot of effort. Mm. Takes a long time to curate and develop your skills. Mm. Takes a long time then to say, okay, how do I put the two together and turn this into a business? Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. No, Fan Fa- Plus on the outside looks shiny and new, but it, it took a long time. And if you ask that question, how long did it take? We could say a couple of years of process and thought and we built it and what have you, but it did. It took a long time. Good morning, Matt. What business you got this week that you're going to showcase for us? What's for sale? Morning, Mark. Got a uh, one up the Central Coast, Hunter Valley uh, region, right through that Hunter Mudgee area. It's a great business. It's um, been going over 25 years now, and the current owners have taken over about six years ago. They built it up, systemized it, and, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's a great business. What do they do? Locksmiths. Locksmiths. Wow. Servicing corporates, governments, just mum and dad, small business, the works. And what sort of money are you talking about? We're doing about one and a half million um, or thereabouts. It's it's a very profitable business. This one, uh, one of the best and most in this in the sense of systemized, process driven, everything about it. Just it's it just works. So if it's one and a half million dollars, they're making around about half a million bucks a year. 
Absolutely. Central Coast Locksmith, unbelievable. Half a million dollars a year. We're all in the wrong business. That's a flyer, that one. Thanks, Matt. I'll see you next week when you showcase what other businesses you've got for sale. Thanks, Mark. All the best. You two bikes, you went to the Parramatta, then you sort of jumped ship, went to Bulldogs in the same sort of capacities. Post-Bulldogs, how did you guys sort of hold hands and decide to get into business together? Not literally, but, you know. Yeah, it was, um, well, it was myself that um, came up with the idea around creating a marketplace, you know, having obviously worked closely with sports and then being on the sponsorship side, um, how can we get access to um, unique experiences? But what did you see? Did you see something else right out of America? Did you say, well, fuck, I can do that? Like, No, it was really just having um, the knowledge I had from um, from sponsoring teams and, and obviously being exposed to sporting clubs, saying there's not enough access for general fans to get access to some money, can't buy experiences, it's the sponsors and, and people. But was there something that's what, fuck, it's not fair, like uh, fans can't get access to these experiences that you're getting access to because, you know, your company can afford to pay the 50 grand. Yeah, well, it was feedback that I was given. So I was taking a lot of people to corporate boxes and getting access to some cool tickets and people like, oh, how do you get access to those tickets and how how do you... um, And can I meet a player? Yeah, how do I meet a player? How do I get access? And so I thought, look, there might be something in this and and how can we create a, a marketplace, a platform for everybody to get access to those cool experiences? So what then did you say to Aaron Overy? So did you say, mate, we can do this together? How did it work? Yeah, look, there was... Were Aaron, pissed or what was going no, on? No, we had a few beers. So there was myself, there was a, another co-founder, um, Kirill, who's now based in the States. Um, so it was myself and him that had the initial discussion around kicking it off. And then obviously Aaron being a, a good friend and working in that um, space, we thought let's have a chat to Aaron and see um, his thoughts on it and see what, what he thinks about it and if it's got legs to kick it off. And what happened? Yeah, I, I remember when you first said it, and you get pitched ideas all the time, but this one resonated in the sense that I knew – particularly heading the, the commercial team at the Bulldogs. I had a team of eight people and every day we woke up trying to sell corporate packages and experiences and, and lure that next corporate partner into the Bulldogs. I knew that we would go through the season um, with loads of, of, of inventory unsold. And at the same time, I knew that the pieces Rob was talking about to build this marketplace out were pretty cool in the sense that they would attract major sponsors. So there was that piece of caution that we had to – um, throw up to say, well, hold on, we can't sell that for a thousand bucks if it's being built into a major sponsorship package. But the way we sort of thrashed it out was it's just unsold revenue, uh, un- unsold inventory, sorry, which would lead to new revenue streams. And that's what sort of stuck. So Rod sort of then went away and and probably spent a little bit more time on it before we, we gathered again and, and thrashed so we, it out. I, a bit I more. just want to know what, I mean, all right, you got the, you got the spark of, um, enthusiasm and inspiration and it sounds like a good idea. Mm. Um, how did it get researched? Who did that and what you put together? What was the plan? Do you have a plan? Yeah, well, a little bit of the plan came from my, my time at the Kings working in a, in a challenger sport. So obviously- uh, what's, um, What a challenger sport? Yeah, challenger sport where we were struggling on right. um, in regards to, to crowd numbers, in regards to corporate sponsors. Because you're the general manager at the City yeah, Kings. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I was at the Kings for four years, which was a, was a great experience. Um, and and we, were, we started off with 14 shareholders and at the end of my time, we down to two. So we were losing significant amount of money year on year um, at the King. So so being exposed to such a, um, I guess, a, a sport that you were losing money, you're trying to find new ways to create revenue. That's probably where a big part of the idea um, came from as well to say, look, we, we, we've got a lot of unsold inventory. We've got a lot of opportunities to- You've um, been explaining to everyone what you mean by unsold inventory because you both said it a few times. Mm-hmm. I mean, to talk about the jerseys, the shorts or whatever. 
Yep. Um, yeah, so what we refer to as unsold inventory is clubs have a lot of assets that go unused. So it could be, you know, um, spare seats in corporate boxes. It could be opportunities to put a price on a meet and greet with a player, um, a visit to the change rooms, um, sitting on the team bench. So you can really monetize anything and clubs have a lot of assets to do that, but yeah, they're not just doing explain, it. Just explain, just go a little bit broader because I don't think people understand that in the sport that there are fans out there and or sponsors who will pay money, it sounds ridiculous, but just to go downstairs in the dress sheds after the game. they might Because they might want to take their um, their banker or they might want to take their lawyer or they might want to take someone who's tr- like done a really good job in their business. I mean, explain that. Like, Yeah, so, so from my point of view, obviously a lot of sponsors pay a fee, a rights fee, and they get access to those money, can't buy experiences. And where we obviously brought the idea of Fan Plus out, we wanted everyday fans to experience those type of opportunities and not having to be a sponsor and and paying a a big rights fee to get access to those experiences. So we wanted to monetize experiences with clubs um, at a lower level. So it might be, you know, um, a few hundred dollars to go and meet a player, do a personal training session with a player. So everyday fans and everyday people can, can get access to money can buy, can't buy experiences. So like basically what you've done is you've democratised interaction with all the assets that a sporting club might have. Mm -hmm. So basically you've made it available to everybody. Yeah, correct. That's what Fan Plus is about. Correct. So you've you've sort of said, okay, my experience, your experiences are that, you know, these big corporates, corporates can afford, who can afford to pay money, will pay money because there's basically a demand there in our community for people to rub shoulders and or see things that they you wouldn't ordinarily see by, by watching the the broadcast, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Train with a player, talk to a player. And you know, someone like me, I've been on the board of Roosters for a million years and I probably take this shit for granted. Um, but people really love the idea, don't yeah. they? They just love the idea it's of being the 99% of, of people that don't get access. To, yeah, and, to and they love this. To, they're, 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 they're not just mad fans. Yeah. It's just it's just generally across the board, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and it's not just clubs that um, the idea stem from. It's it's individual athletes. So so we've you know worked and been exposed to to many individual athletes. You know, rugby league, AFL players, Olympians over time, um, either current, retired, and when they do retire, some you know fall into tough times um, because they don't feel um, I guess relevant anymore. They feel like they've lost their their core. Um, you know, role in, in being a professional sports star, but they have a lot of fans out there and they've had a lot of fans. And they don't realise it. Yeah, they don't realise it. So for, for them to be on a platform that we can keep them um, in the front um, foot and, and in, the, in the front of people's minds um, to offer an experience, and that might be a, a basic, um, you know, one-on-one coaching clinic with um, Kurt Gidley um, and uh, and he's got a very big player. fan base. Like, he's a good, um, he's a good footballer. And uh, you know, and and we can obviously give him that opportunity um, to be on our platform. We had a, a great um, a party recently, um, and Steve Mortimer um, was was guest appearance at that party. And so it, it's it's even legends of the game. So there's there's no barriers to who we have on the the platform, and and that's I guess what we want to do is create those experiences. It, it's amazing. Just I mean, I don't know if you guys have thought it through. I, I you probably have. I mean, I, just, I was just thinking about it as you were speaking, but. What the fuck is the psychology of all of us that, uh, you know, we want to, we have this admiration, nearly adoration of sports people, um, probably way beyond we would if, you know, as opposed to, for example, having admiration of an engineering scientist or a professor or something at the university. 
what is it with this admiration we have of athletes? Um, why, why, what is the psychology? Why is it that we really want to rub shoulders with them? Why do we put them into hero status? Like, how does it work? Have you, have you sort of done any work on this? Yeah, look, I, for, for me personally, I think it's, um, it, it's kind of our DNA in Australia. We all love sports. We've obviously, you know, all Why grown though? up watching what is sports. It? Is it because um, we, we participate? I think the, the participation numbers across most of the codes, particularly football, soccer, is huge. And those 11 players that represent our country across the world, that's, that's pretty special. But why, why, why do we get a bono, like, straight up? Like, yeah. you know, why are we going, fuck, yeah, that's uh, James Tedesco. I, I really want to go and have lunch with yeah. him. Like, wh- why? I mean, because, I mean, I know Ted, he's just a normal bloke. Mm. I mean, he's a great athlete, but he's just a normal bloke. Uh, but why? Would he be taken aback as to someone wants to have lunch with him? Or no. has he realised that? No, that he people... wouldn't realise it himself. No? I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, and to some extent, that's part of his appeal because yeah. he's hu- he got humility. But wh- why do you think it is? I mean, wh- what is it we why we want to step into their the shoes? Unattainable or- potentially too. So we're bringing this marketplace together, and it's it's the simple things. Someone in the grandstand looking at that seat on the sideline, or looking at that player, and and it's just a. Is it envy? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably envy. It's probably a little bit of bragging rights and it's probably um, people don't think they can access that. So we've got um, Adam Trelaw on our platform, current um, Collingwood AFL player, you know, 24 years old. Um, so he's at the sort of peak of his career and we've got personal training experiences listed on, on our platform with him and also um, coaching clinics for under $300 and, and they've been snapped up and people have actually come to us and said, geez, we didn't expect them to be that cheap, but we also didn't expect a current sort of player in his prime to offer up experiences to connect with his fans. And um, then why would he do it? Like a he doesn't bucks. see a dollar of that. He puts it straight to his charity. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, so yeah. why does he do it? Is it because he wants to connect to his fans or he wants to raise money for his charity yeah, or right. both or all those? Uh, both. Look, Adam, Adam's um, obviously um, you know, got some great values and um, a big part of Fan Plus was also supporting charities along the way um, via an experience. So a percentage goes back to supporting a charity, um, every experience sold. And he, he wanted to do it to connect with his fans that – um, you know, get close, get personal with them, um, but also give them something that they're, they're always going to um, remember. And and then I go back in time, but 20, 25 years ago, sportsmen would, most sportsmen wouldn't give, uh, couldn't give jack about that. Like uh, they just, but today, I mean, it's funny, I was at the East um, Awards night last night and um, I've been on the board for nearly 20 years and uh, I was putting my mind back 20 years ago and I was thinking about some of the younger players who got up to p- pick up awards and I was thinking about how 20 years ago, same club, same board, different management, different coach um, and different players obviously, but how the younger guys then couldn't string two words together. I mean, they got up, they're all young and quite shy and very humble, etc. and they get an award and they'd say, oh, oh, thank you very much. It was very quiet and they'd put their head down and they'd walk away. But now... The players get up there, they know a lot of stuff and they do a lot of charity work like you're talking about now and they present themselves really well um, and they speak and articulate themselves very well. Is there a new era of sportsmen like you're just talking about now? Is there a new era of sportsmen today who have broader, deeper, stronger awareness of the values of values generally and the value that they add to the community and that and they actually want to do something about it i mean is that your experience yeah yeah i'd say um 
Yeah, definitely. And and I think now with um, how professional sporting clubs have become, and obviously there's a lot of media out there at the moment, there's a lot of obviously dollars that go into sports across broadcast, across corporate sponsorships. So they've got a responsibility to um, to offer. But they understand it too. Yeah, yeah they do. It's they get it. it. Yeah. yeah, where does that come yeah. from, guys? Like, I mean, I, I mean, because I, mean, I, I don't know. I think I, the statistics. I know our board doesn't drill anything into anybody because, like, mm. you know, we, we've been the same board for 20 years. Mm. Um, but something has changed. I, was yeah. only, I don't know what the answer is. I only think about last night. I, I think a lot of these players are, are realising that careers aren't all 13, 14, 15 seasons long. Yeah. And those stats are coming through and they're probably diminishing somewhat. So the average you know, career of an NRL player is less than a season in terms of it's in the games. Not everyone becomes a Steve Menzies and gets to go all the way through and still has a, a, a great career in media. He's a top bloke. He's on our platform, for example. But I think managers and clubs are doing a better job of educating players. All the, the things you see publicly where they're probably not doing as well as they could, I think all the things, like you mentioned, is you win an award, you get up. You don't have to be up there for five minutes talking, but you just sort of have to have the go-to answers for those questions, and they're a lot better than they used to be. So your business now, Fan Plus, is, as I understand it, you've, bought, you've built a digital marketplace, in other words, online. Um, fans, not just fans, anybody who's interested in... in um, being trained, coached, meet, uh, I don't know what other, what other words to describe, a person on your platform who is a sports person of any code. Yeah, of any code, yeah. Any yeah. code. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, you bring the two groups together. So you help current footballers or current sports people and past sports people maintain their relevance, current sports people increase their relevance, um, and um, and maybe monetize you know their their assets their own mm-hmm. personal assets, and you allow and your platform also allows punters, just normal people, get access to these individuals. Yes, is that, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. How, and how do you make quid? Yeah, so we take a commission on each sale. Um, yeah, both sides. That, yeah, on both sides. Um, or, you know, from the platform. So that that's our model. So it is a. Um, you know, large, large, um, you know, volume game. So, um, low, well, the, low margin. The, yeah, low yeah, margin. Yeah, the money sits game. with the platform until the experience takes place. Right. So, and depending on the type of experience. And so, how, how does it work? Do I bid? No, we've got the capacity to build that in. So, what happens? So, let's do I? Let's say I come on as a fan. Yeah. So, how does it work? Take yeah, me through it. Yeah. So you, um, so you'll log on to, to fanplus.com. Um, you'll search what is dot com dot com. Dot com. Yeah. Both both will dot com and dot au will will yep. go there. Yep. Um, but you'll log on. You'll search, and if there's a particular sport that you like, you can obviously click um on the the different. So you got rugby league. Yep. You'll find rugby league, and then all the rugby league experiences will pop up. So right. It, okay. it could be with clubs. It could be with individual athletes. Lunches. Playing around a golf with Menzies. Um, you name it. There's uh, over 350 experiences on there. Okay, and then um, then I transact because it gives me the price, etc. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I transact, and then um, I, do I leave? Do I say that was a great experience or a shit experience? You got TripAdvisor style on there? Like we haven't. No, we haven't. We haven't. We haven't as yet. We we have got a, a pretty strong, um, I guess, process in place to ensure that who we're putting on the platform is going to live up to our brand and our positioning. Um, and that we want to ensure that the athlete or the club want to be part of the, the platform as well. We don't want buyers um, purchasing an experience and walking away going, they were you know, not engaged, I didn't have fun, I wasted my money. Certainly, we, we want to make sure that every experience is at a high quality and high level, and certainly the athlete or the club is engaged in um, ensuring they have a great time. 
I remember about a year ago, might be a year ago, Big Sam from District said to me, he said, you got invested in this thing. So I guess, tell me about the structure. So you, you got investors? Yes, we do, yes. Yes, so t- 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 tell our listeners, how, how how you raise money and how you went about that stuff? Yeah, so that was um, probably a, a really exciting time and, and me and Aaron personally um, probably got a lot out of that whole capital raise process. Um, so we were quite lucky that we pitched our idea to Qantas last year and Qantas had a um, Avro accelerator program um, in the market, which was a 12-week um, accelerator. Uh, we were one of three out of 500 global applicants that got selected um, to participate in that program. And we received 50k um, startup capital, um, and that and that was really the um, what we needed to kick off the idea because all we had was an idea when we we put our our pitch to Qantas. We had no platform, we had no experiences, so that 50k capital gave us the opportunity to um, to bring Fan Plus to life. And then off the back of that, so just um, I'm going to stop there. So you with the 50,000, you you went into their accelerator program, which basically means they gave you they sat you down somewhere, they gave you a screen. Did they give you access to um, technologists to build the platform? How did it all work? Yeah, so part of that um, process, it was was run by a group called Slingshot. Slingshot Connect corporates with startups. Yep. Um, so they obviously facilitated the program um, and gave us access to all the Qantas business units, so across marketing, across loyalty, across sales to help us um, bring our What about IT. technology though? Yeah, technology, yeah, IT was a, was a big part of, of how um, – we need to build a platform and the, the right people we should use or the right technology um, and back end. Um, and, and we had 12 weeks to do it. So did we were you build on a the time fi- limit. Did you build the whole um, platform in the 50? Like, the the cost- goal was to, what did they say? A hundred experiences. They wanted yeah. to see a hundred experiences in 12 yeah. weeks. Yeah. And, and it was an MVP, MVP version. Yeah. MVP MVP version. version. So just mm-hmm. get something up, fail quick, just yep. get it done. And yep. the, the, they, they laid it down and said, you're going to get 12 to 18 months worth of work in 12 weeks. So right. we, we were just hammering ourselves every day. And then off the back of that, you've so you've gone through that? And yes, then so off happened? the back of that, then we were um, able to go and talk to investors. And we already were obviously pitching the idea throughout that process to potential investors, but that Qantas piece really brought our idea to life and, and gave us credibility and having the strategic alignment. Gave it a real pitch. Qantas. Yeah, it gave it a real pitch. And then, it's a real pitch, yeah. yeah so Not investors. Just a idea, like it's now, like here's some shit you can look at. Yeah, it's real. How much you raise? Uh, so we raised half a million yep. um, off the back first of that. First round? Yeah, first round. Tell yep. me how much you give away. Um, so we gave up 20%. Right, so you guys have still got the balance. Yes. Yeah, so right. you got punters to put in half a mil for 20%. That's mm-hmm. off the back of a, you know, like a 12-week period with the, the Qantas Accelerator. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah, no, it was good, and uh, and it's quite interesting because some some of the investors that we have um, got on board. The initial discussions prior to the Qantas, they were a little bit like, "Look, love it, great idea. Um, let's sort of keep talking." But as yeah, soon yeah. as the Qantas piece came into play, straight away they um, put jumped, pressure jumped on, on board. Yeah, well, yep. they started thinking you're going to miss out that old FOMO thing. So that's um, right. And uh, and it was like it was heavily talked about. I have to like a lot of people talked to me about it. Like lots of people said, "You know, you're going to invest in this sort of." But I don't invest in things unless I control it. So the answer there is no. Um, but 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 I, I know it was going around town. It was going around everywhere, like a whole heap of places. Um, but like people were talking to me left, right, and centre. So you did a really good job of building awareness around it. Um, in, in the interest of time, because I'm, I'm getting the the hurry up here from our producer, who by the way, her name is Liv Proud. How good's that? What a good name, Liv Proud. I mean, her name is Livia, but mm. Liv Proud. Like, it inspired me. I, I got. I used to think that her name she made it up, right? But uh, Liv Proud. That's so cool. Um, okay, so where to from here, boys? 
Yeah, look, now it's all about scale. So we're, we're just under 12 months of having FanPlus launched into the marketplace. Um, feels a, a lot longer, but uh, yeah, it's only been um, 11, 11 months in. So it's all about scale now. We need to obviously get our sales channels. You need more inventory. Mm. Yeah, more inventory, yeah. Um, more distribution channels and more probably exposure and advertising. Does the NRL, for example, if it's a footy person, a footy do they do they sort of come touch on so listen they're our assets do you do is there any demarcation or anything like that no a lot of the clubs um you know the clubs are run obviously quite separately to obviously the NRL as a governing body so they have uh, their own control over their assets and inventory so we haven't had any issues with clubs? any um yeah the clubs uh, any issues with clubs um and the individual athletes obviously have their own own time to be able to do experiences on a personal managers level. Yeah, managers have been very supportive because for them it's a, a I guess, additional revenue that yeah, we're, yeah. we're generating yeah, for those um, for for, the, for their athletes. Um, so we get most of the take up. I mean, in terms of um, inventories, so to speak. Like, I mean, in terms of talent, is it tennis, soccer, rugby league, AFL? Uh, it's pro- AFL and, yeah, and NRL have probably been the big ones, and also the the Olympic circles in in sports where you, you probably think there's a lot of Olympic sports. You know, the volleyballs, the rowings um, that uh, we are getting some inventory yeah, of. We so. work with twenty five percent of the English Premier League, and that happened within a week of us travelling through London and, and Manchester. Is meeting with teams. So, so is, is this model, does it exist in England? Are you guys in England or this is the Australian? It's the Australian, ver- yeah. But you're going to get assets out of, yeah, out of the right. UK because yeah. Australians, is that for Australian yeah, fans? Yeah, mainly or? for Australians. We've got um, clients over in Dallas at the moment at the Cowboys. We did a, an amazing experience earlier on in the year with the, the Mavs in the NBA, but the likes of Liverpool, City, United, um, Tottenham, Chelsea. What's all- your number one experience so far? What's been rating the best? Oh, the well, the AFL experiences have been really, really hot. So it's been very seasonal that we've noticed that whatever codes are in season, that's where the sales are coming. The Kings through. last year were enormous for us, leading into finals. Yep, courtside tickets. Yeah, courtside and to your point earlier, it was people looking down saying, "I can't sit down there." It's just where the the celebs sit and the, yeah, yeah. the play. All the you can buy them on the website. Yeah, and they'll turn up in your inbox straight away. So, and how do you get them? We we negotiate that with the kings, with the kings. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So people can buy them, but um, I guess what we've also realised is clubs don't probably market or have access to those tickets readily available. You've got to send an inquiry or you've got to know someone. So we we felt well, we've got a marketplace that people can buy those instantly. And when we did a bit of research as to why you're buying, how you found us, people like we didn't even think you could sit down there, um, and let alone we didn't think they were so affordable for those type of tickets. I, I love the fact you're taking, um, you're democratising experiences to the to the punters, to the people, the real fans. Um, I, know, I guess they're no real, not more real than anybody else, but people who don't ordinarily get access to these things, I think is brilliant. And I, I really love the fact that you're helping out um, you know, past players, etc. in particular. And I'm glad you're giving opportunities to current players to broaden their appeal and uh, do things they wouldn't ordinarily get a chance to do. I always give everyone an opportunity to ask me one question. So you guys got a question for me? Well, one was going to be, do you want to invest? And you've said no to that. So, uh, Aaron, yeah. you got a My question? one's all around who, who can you introduce us to in the sense that there's a, a really good corporate offering here. So the sponsorship market in Australia is huge, millions and millions of dollars spent. We feel we've got a complimentary service at a corporate level. So you introduce well, How do you mean? Us. How do you mean? Well, uh, i got a client, for example, who would spend up towards a million dollars. So i got a business that consults sponsorship on the side and the brands I work with invest lots of money. They... Uh, part of what they buy into is obviously branding, but they get corporate boxes and what have you, but it tends to be with one team. So what they're able to do with us, if they could put 100, 200K through Fan Plus, is get a, a season-long 
sort of corporate experience. They can be at the Australian Open in Jan, they can be here in Feb, they can be at the AFL Opener in March. Introductions to businesses that are spending in that space can can come all the way through Fan Plus. So you're asking me to introduce you? Just five. Five, you got, yeah, five of your best. Well, we'll, we'll have to talk good. about this offline. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're coming to do a business deal, but <laughs> well, I mean, I, and, I, and I think that's what you just said, Aaron. It was quite an interesting um, thing because I'm mean, just, as I said, I just experienced last night the end of the footy season, rugby league season of the Roosters. Anyway, it sort of finished last night. That's the line and sand. I mean, apart from the fact they might go overseas or they might go on a trip or we'll go to the the, the World Club Challenge. Um, in February, but between here and that date, our sponsors pretty pretty much don't have any. Um, I mean, unless they sponsor other things, yeah. like cricketers, for example. But they don't necessarily have any other things they can take all their corporate clients to. Mm. They can celebrate uh, Christmas yeah. period into their business uh, doesn't have an off season, right? No, they, they don't. They don't have an off season, but during our off season, mm. they don't have anything any assets. Um, so I guess every one of our sponsors, you know, would be a possible um, uh, a potential customer of yeah. yours. Um, that's pretty clear. Um, and the, the only th- question would be, are they tapped out as a result of, um, you know, the end of the season? You we, guys are charged through the roof. Well, we the might have tapped them out. We'll find something. I'm sure you will. That's that's the whole point. And, and, and not only that, having a, even exposing your business to their staff, you know, the, as for them to become fans, mm-hmm. that would be, I mean, if you could get um, them to buy packages from you for their for their staff as fans yeah. and for them to offer those That's at Christmas, right. for example. You know, here's a Christmas present. We bought, you know, 25 experiences with Fan Plus um, and then we're going to put it into a Secret Santa sort of yeah, thing and uh, you can pull it out. Yeah, that's out. right, yeah. I mean, that, that, I, I think they're great ideas because, you know, the businesses like mine, it'll be great, for example, we're always trying, we're struggling always trying to think, well, what are we going to give away to the great performers in the business mm. or... How do we give away? What do we do at Christmas time that's relevant and uh, just not the usual bullshit? You know, we're just going to have drinks at a pub somewhere and, and all it is is just mm. drinking piss and talking shit. Yeah. You know, I'd rather actually say, we're not doing that. Issue. We're going to have a cup of coffee, but I'm going to give out some, some yeah, relevant gift discs. Vouchers. Yeah. We, we just launched gift vouchers. So, so you got gift vouchers. Uh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. just launched so gift that, vouchers that, recently. That's, I reckon that sort of stuff is a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I actually think people, businesses are moving away from all the traditional shit. You know I mean? Like... Oh, it's Melbourne Cup Day. Let's all go down and have chicken and champagne. Like it's a waste of time. Mm. You know, you know you, or I let them watch it. But yeah. you say instead of doing that, what we're going to do is you can we're going to go down. And you can watch the thing. We're not going to put any champagne, chicken on. You can watch the the race, have a bet. Um, you know, get get involved in the in in, in a you know whatever they run in the organisation, pick a horse, whatever it is. But what we're going to do next week or next month is we're going to um, give out vouchers. Yeah, yeah, but. I, and people can take it home and show their family. Yeah. So to me, that's much more relevant because mm-hmm. we're all getting trying to get smarter in the way we run our business and how we re- reward our staff. Mm. Instead of doing the same crap that we've always done, yeah. we do the same stuff over and over again. It kills me, you know. Like mm. it's, I, and it's expensive and it's totally irrelevant. No one appreciates it. They don't really don't. Yeah. They don't give a shit think, about it. Think of this as the red balloon for sport. Mm. And that's that, that piece. As we grow and we become that centralised marketplace, we, Rod mentioned we have 350 experiences. We need to be in the thousands. Yeah, we yeah, need yeah. to be every NRL team, every AFL team. You can't get on Fan Plus and, and not find what you're looking for. That's our goal. Yeah, well, and I guess what you've got to do is you've got to make that everyone aware of that. Yeah, that's right, yeah, and different price points. So it is affordable from people looking for $100 pro, um, you know, experience up to 10000 if if they want to spend that level. 
Yeah, and and or you're a business, and if I'm going to spend a hundred dollars on every staff member, mm. and there's three hundred staff members, yeah, I can get, like? I can spend that. That's right. I can get three hundred experiences at a hundred bucks each. Mm-hmm. But that's that's probably what's not out there in the marketplace. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to make, build awareness around. Uh, and, and I don't know how you do that, but that's what you need to build awareness mm-hmm. around. You got to get. If I, I heard about you guys when you raise the money. That's because all the blokes I know are basically hoping that I might jump in with them because they might feel a bit more comfortable if I'm in there, you know, because they think, oh, shit, I, am I going to make this investment? If Mark thinks it's all right, maybe I, it's yeah. a good idea for me to go on it. What I haven't heard about is what you just told me about. Mm. That's your gold. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that drives you through the Christmas periods as well when you've only got cricket or, you know, soccer or something like that on. You've got to start to build that awareness out there into the marketplace. So I think that's the best bit of advice I can give you. What does Fan Plus bring to the masses and how can the masses actually access it? Yeah. You know, like as opposed to just on me looking up Fan Plus and going in and registering. What are, who's going to give it as a gift? Mm. It's a good Christmas gift. It's a good Father's Day gift. Yep. It's a good Mother's Day gift. Mm-hmm. It's a good birthday gift. You know, probably even a good Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> <laughs> but you've got to tell everyone. Yeah. I, I didn't know that before. Yeah, that's right. Now, yeah, that's, I now that's know because I've been spent a half an hour or 40 minutes to ask questions, but... I now know it, mm. and people are going to listen to this might now know it, but you now have to leverage off this. That's right. Yep. You guys are the sponsorship experts, right? I just sponsored you. Now go and spend some time pushing that message out there. We appreciate it. Perfect. No, See you guys. You. Thanks very much. Thanks, Cheers. Mark. Appreciate Good luck for Fan Plus. 